This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Nasha Torah, in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. May the Temple be built soon in our days. Amen. Um, so it's still the month of honor, and so today we're going to discuss a little bit about, about Simcha. And interestingly, the first thing I'd like you to know about Simcha is take it off your list as a goal. Take it off your list as a goal. Happiness? Yeah, happiness. Get rid of happiness as your goal. You want to meet a depressed person? Look for someone who's made the goal happiness. You know, that's a depressed person. And I'm not going to mention uh, any Jewish groups that have put Simcha as their, like, number one, uh, their number one goal. But, like, <laughs> you want to find some depressed people, just go look over at that group. You know, they, they're... The, you never want to make simcha the goal. Happiness is not the goal of life. You'll notice there's no commandment to be happy. If it were a goal, it'd be at least one of the commandments to be happy. But it's just not, it's not, didn't make the list of commandments. And, and you'll notice anyone who puts it up there, and it's probably all of you at one point or another, has put happiness at the top of your list of goals. The... Um, it's only gotten in your way. It hasn't helped you at all. And, and the reason is, it's because we're not always happy. And if joy is at the top of your list, and you're not happy, so that means you're, you're failing right now. When meanwhile, nothing happened. Nothing went wrong. Everything's going smoothly. Like, your life is your life, and life looks like a heart rate monitor. You know, it's got its ups and downs. Some people are up and down more often than others. And some people are a little more steady in their ups and downs. But, but it's... The goal of the the goal is not joy because you're not always joyous, and it's very easy to beat yourself up for not being happy. And so, instead, what would be the opposite? The opposite would be to just embrace whatever emotional state you're in at the time. <laughs> you know, which for some reason Aviva thinks is really funny. Yeah, funny. Aviva, we're gonna we're gonna limit. Outbursts of laughter to jokes, okay? okay. Thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't expect you to do more than try. So, anyway, the <laughs> Aviva happens to be joyous all the time, by the way. And and when people are having their first dose of Aviva, they're they're, they just kind of, they're not sure what hit them, and they might even get a little frustrated. But you should know that, that Aviva's everyone's favorite student in this class. Because after a while, after a while, you start to realize that she, she's holding the joy factor in this class. Like, she's just got the joy thing down. And it doesn't even have to be funny to be funny. It's just always funny. It just helps and, me get through life and... Um, that it's half time, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're great, Amelia. You. Thank you. Yeah, but you should know people speak about you outside class. With really? um, yeah, people are speaking about you at my Shabbos table. With like, oh, by the way, I do have guests third meal. I have a big open house every third meal. So anyway, people are talking about you at my house about how much joy you've brought them, and how much you've like kept the level of joy in the classroom on a high level. Okay, now, what is the opposite? The opposite is embracing where you're at. The, the, wherever you're at is where you're at. And resisting that's not going to help you at all. 
I mean, think about someone who's feeling down, resisting that. How's his day going to go from there? Yeah, it's going to go. That's a good way to get a bad day to turn to hell, is resisting the bad day. Like, if you're having a bad day, have your bad day. You know, if you're having that bad day, just have it. You know, there's stuff to do on a bad day. There's stuff you can do. It makes a difference when you do stuff on a bad day. Uh, like, for example, you could um, wear your nicest outfit as if you're going to a wedding or something. That's something you could do on a bad day. Okay? And then everyone kind of looks at you like, wow, you know. And, and, you know and even though you're having your bad day, you keep seeing your friends. And your friends are just like, well, look at you. And you're like, okay, you know, that, that could help. Uh, on a bad day is a good day for alcohol. Okay. You, meaning not a lot of it, but certainly have at least one drink. You know, drink a glass of wine, have a beer. You know, play around with your psychological chemistry on that bad day. Uh, a little extra caffeine. A little extra caffeine could help. Um, another amazing thing to do on a bad day is go help people. Go, go help people. Just volunteer with, in any way you can. To someone somewhere, because on a bad day you're a lost cause. So you might as well join someone else's cause, because you can, you still have a body and limbs. Like go move your body and limbs around in such a way that it was helpful to somebody. Also, on a bad day, another important thing to do is get out of your house. If you're in, having a bad day, do not stay home. That is not where you belong. You want to get out and get around human beings that that. And go be a be of service somewhere on a bad day. Anyway, there's so much we can do on a bad day, but the one thing you don't want to do is resist it and make a whole big internal fuss over your bad day, because that'll send you into such a tailspin, way worse than any bad day would have been. That's what happened to me. One day, two, three. I've been in my bed for four five days. Right, right. So you got to be careful of that. You must. You must embrace it, say, this is a bad day, and I'm going to go be of some service to somebody out there and go make a difference for somebody. So the goal of life is not joy, but this is a class of joy. This is a class about joy because we're in Simcha. What does that mean? From when you go into the month of Adar, you increase in joy. You know what that means? That means this day should be higher than Purim. Because from when you get into Adar, which I imagine is the whole month, so you must increase in joy. That means this day has to be an increase on yesterday, which has to be an increase on the day before, and an increase on the day before that. Each day has to be an increase. Because from when you get into Adar, Mishen Niknas Adar, from when you entered Adar, you have to be more joyous. And as far as the pill that we all took on, on uh, um, Purim, which was like, you know, the mega burst you know, joy pill. You know, when you hit when you hit Purim, that was like, boom, you know, we're going big. So now you've got that in you. That's in your bloodstream now. you got that in your bloodstream and you're still increasing in joy. It's just that halfway through Adar, you got a big hit. And now it's going bigger. It's going bigger. It doesn't, doesn't hit you in the face like the burst of joy that we had on Purim. But you're definitely increasing now because Adar's in. Every holiday in Judaism is a download that becomes part of the part of your computer, becomes part of the hard drive. I mean, it's a download into the hard drive, and so now you're walking around. You're walking around with Purim inside of you right now. 
I know a lot of you have more roller coasters type lives. So like after Purim, you felt like you got dumped afterwards. Some people probably felt dumped after Purim back into life. But, uh, but that's not the case. We're going higher with our joy now. So what is, what is joy all about? So joy ultimately is an emotion. You can't predict it so much. You don't have that much control over it. But, uh, but the one thing that you can do a little bit of is, um, is that you can... Use your brain. Sorry about the music, by the way. There's some kind of jam session going on. Imagine it's next door. Uh, you, you mind? Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, you, you've gotten enough trouble. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just tell those guys that, that it's enough already. Say, Rabbi Yom Tov says it's enough already. Okay. So. We've already discussed this with them, but. You broke your ankle? When? Uh, he's always climbing the Western Wall. I'm in. Okay, um, anyway, but if you look at the words of joy in Hebrew, so the state of joy is called bisimcha. Looks like that, bisimcha. And that state of joy, the word simcha means joy, bisimcha means the state of joy. Okay, so the number, oh, this means joy here. And uh, the bet equals 2, the shin equals 300, the mem equals 40, and the chet equals 8, and the he equals 5. What does that equal together? 355, which is an amazing number, because that's the number of the word shana. Shana is 350. Five. Okay. So the word for year, which is the actual number, 355 is the lunar calendar. 355 is the lunar cycle. So when we say Shana in Hebrew, we literally mean, uh, you know, the, the, it is literally the year. It's the 355 days of the year is Shana. So this is a state of joy, and we're meant to be in that state of joy for the year. But we just got through saying that you're not always in joy. Like, sometimes you're down. Sometimes you're not in joy. So it must be that the word simcha doesn't necessarily mean outer joy, but rather, what does it mean? What kind of joy? Inner joy. The word simcha means inner joy. We have lots of words for joy in Hebrew. And there are outer joys... And there are inner joys, just like we have words for outer beauty, like yofi, and inner beauty, which is chen. So there's a lot of different words for, for inners and outers in Judaism, because there's always the external world, and then there's the internal world. And the inner joy is the word simcha. And this inner joy, you can keep going all the time. Can you imagine someone 
Can you imagine someone burying their parent? Bismcha. Outer joy for not, for sure not. For sure not. Outer joy you can definitely not have. When bearing a parent, no one's going to have outer joy. But could someone have inner joy while bearing a parent? Yeah, for sure. For sure they can have inner joy. So we see that, that real inner joy is, is not disturbable by external events. It's not, it's not vulnerable to what's going on around you. Now, you gotta get some, you got to get to a place in your life. Like you got to get to a level to get there. And can you guys imagine being in that place? Well, let's look again at the word 355 and see what else equals 355. Oh, he knows. So the same 355 is the word machshava. And interesting about the word machshava is it's the exact letters. Shana equals 355, but it's totally different letters besides the shin. It's got a hey. But look at the word. Look at the word machshava. Machshava means thinking or thought. It's how you're thinking. And machshava has the mem, the chet, the shin, the bet, and the hey. It's the exact same letters. So the word for thinking has the exact same letters as the word for a state of joy. Which means that it's up to you. Right? Because inner joy, it doesn't matter what's going on outside. It's up to you. It's going to be dependent upon you, not on what's going on outside of you. So what's really cool about that is, because, is that you become impermeable or invulnerable, invulnerable to external circumstances. That your state of joy is internal. Well, what gives you that state of joy? What, how can you create a state of joy through your thinking that would be an internal joy that, that outlasts or is stronger than your circumstances? What would be that joy? How do you get that joy? And so the answer is... Well, the thing is, I've been telling my mom for three weeks I'm coming in on April 1st, and then I keep saying I'm joking. <laughs> that's, that's the fun part. You forgot to say that. Yeah. Thank you. So the answer is emunah. Emunah is how you create inner joy. Well, how do you do emunah? How do you do emunah? Oh, sorry, the word emunah doesn't have an English translation, but it, it just means being at one with God. Um, uh, it means being real with God, I guess. It doesn't have English. Uh, the word faith is not emunah. No. No. I mean, you, can, you could use it that way, but no one else uses it that way. Everyone else uses the word faith as, as believing in things you wish were true. But it's the same. Like doing business, doing business in good faith. Is I wish the guy I'm doing business with would keep his word. As opposed to writing a contract. But in Judaism, the contract's the faith. That is the faith. You understand? So we don't call that faith. I mean, if you're doing business in good faith with somebody, meaning no contract, that's, that's just something you wish were true. Like Gentiles believing in God. They wish there was a God. So they have faith that there is. In Judaism, 
is when you write a contract with somebody and now you can now act according to your end of the bargain, meaning you can do your part of the contract. You now do that at peace because there's a contract. You, the law will back you up here. You're in good shape here. This is why, for example, in, in, our, in our Sidur, can you hand me a Sidur? We have a, we, you know, this, this definitely shows you what I'm talking about. Is at, in the evening prayer, every night we say, we say, After we said Shema, we say, and, and this is all emuna. Now, according to the regular definition of faith, is, is, you know, this is stuff we wished were true. You know, we, believe, we wished this were a fact, even though it may not be. But listen to what it says here. And it is firmly established for us. Ki Hashem hu elokeinu, that God is our God. Okay, that sounds like regular faith. Except, what's it going on? It goes on and says, says, hapodeinu, I'll read in English, he redeems us from the power of kings, redeems us from the power of kings, the king who delivers us from the hand of all cruel tyrants, he is the God who exacts vengeance for us upon our foes, who brings just retribution upon the enemies of our soul, who performs great deeds that are beyond comprehension, wonders beyond number, who set our soul to life and did not allow our foot to fight, who led us upon the heights of our enemies and raised our pride above those who hated us, who wrought up for us miracles and vengeance upon Pharaoh, signs and wonders in the land of, of Ham, which is Egypt, who struck with his anger at the firstborn of Egypt. It's a history lesson. Like, the, the first word is Vemuna, and then it just goes down the history, the contract, the actual experiences we all went through. You understand? So the word Amuna is defined right here. That the word Amuna is that when stuff is real, meaning, meaning when, when, you're, when you're actually totally real with things, now you have Amuna. It's not something you wished were true. This is when things are totally, absolutely, 100% real. And then you can now, now you have this faith in it. To have faith in something that you just wished were true is a very flimsy faith. Now, on the one hand, you might say, well, that guy's uh, guy's got got a lot of faith. (laughs) You know, he's got a lot of faith. But there's another way you can say about that guy, that guy's a total idiot. Because he believes in things that aren't true. Whereas in Judaism, faith is someone who's very real with, with reality. Like, let's just say, for example, a guy hit rock bottom on alcohol. He hit rock bottom on alcohol and he went through hell. You know, the guy just went through hell. And he had to go to rehab and he lost his marriage and he lost his house and he lost his car and he lost, you know, everything. When I say his house, I mean the wife and the kids, he lost it. So that guy later is, when he rebuilds himself, is a man of faith. Because he rebuilt that stuff. He's rebuilt now. And he went through the hell he went through, and now he's like stronger than anybody in this room. Because he went through it all. And he, and he stood up. He stood up, and now he's, he's a living testimony to, to everything that he went through. And now he's a solid citizen. And that's, that's faith. That's faith. Whereas, whereas some guy who just can't stop drinking, you know, but he keeps coming back saying he's got faith that this is it, man. He's never drinking again. That's the, that's the Gentile version of faith. Because you know he's going to drink. 
All, in the right circumstances, he's going to drink again. Whereas this other guy, who went through it all, had his own leaving of Egypt, that's faith. That's, that's, that's strong faith. Now, how do you live with this kind of faith? So, how do you get your thoughts on this kind of faith that brings the joy, the inner joy? And, the, and outer joy comes and goes, as we discussed earlier. Outer joy comes and goes. Inner joy is always here to stay. That's locked in. And how we get that to, to do, I'll just give you an, an analogy, is that you're never focused on external circumstances as much as you're focused on the cause of the external circumstances. And that's why I said emunah. Is that, um, let's say it like a yo-yo. External circumstances have their ups and downs. It's always going up and down, like a yo-yo. So some of us live our lives on this yo-yo, going up and down with the yo-yo. And so our inner joy is either high or low based on the yo-yo. But the yo-yo represents external joy, which may be circumstantial. Inner joy is focused on the finger that's got the string of the yo-yo attached to it. Whose finger is the yo-yo attached to? Yeah, that's attached to God's finger. And how much does your finger move compared to the yo-yo when you're playing yo-yo? A little bit, tiny little moves. And with God, they're like, not even really even microscopic moves because God's all-powerful and like can make yo-yos do things without much movement at all. But you'll see a real good yo-yo person just kind of Barely moves, and the yo-yo's going up and down. Because they got a feel for that thing. And external joy is the yo-yo. It comes and goes. No one's happy with the fact they have to put their car in the shop for two days. And no one's happy to lose their transportation for two days. Circumstantially, it's, it's not great. Especially on a rainy day, on these rainy days and stuff. There are people who put their car in the shop today. And they're not going to see their car till Tuesday. And like, and we got this like major storm coming through Jerusalem once again. You know, this country's just like in a constant, insane rainstorm, which is like God just showering blessing upon Israel. You know, it's just such a such a blessing. It's really I mean, we're really crazy. You know, think about it. Like a hundred years ago, maybe a little more, there was no such thing as turning a knob and water came out. Can you imagine that? And today, you find some lady who's like, she's got to go meet her shrink because she's got to go meet her psychologist because she's just, she can't decide on which faucet to choose. You know, for her, for her new powder room in the entrance of her home in the, in the foyer or if she's from Brooklyn in the foyer. Yeah. She can't decide which faucet to choose. And like, it's not more than 100 years ago, there, no one had even conceived of the fact that you could actually turn a knob and water would come out. <laughs> Can you imagine what bathing must have been like for like all of history? And so God, you know what God's doing right now for the land of Israel? He's just like... He's just like powering it with water. I mean... We're getting so much water. <laughs> like, like they say, they don't need rain for ten years now. Like, like the the, the Canaret's like literally ready to flood Tiberias. And my wife and I just drove uh, drove down south. We saw we saw like 
whole valleys that were just like had become lakes. Never. I mean, we've seen this valley a thousand times because we've been living here for 27 years. It's just like a lake. You know, it's just a regular valley, but it's just, it's become inundated with floodwaters and stuff. And it's just. I love the lightning. I was walking in like the shelter purpose. You saw a lightning storm. You know, we lived there on the lightning last week. I saw some good lightning, yeah. Yeah. Got to make two brachas in a row. Yeah. Lightning and thunder. Yeah. Me, me too. The sound was uh, Anyway, so, so by putting your mind, by focusing your mind on the finger of God who's causing everything to spin, causing the yo-yo to move up and down. The yo-yo's got to move up and down. That's the way life works. I mean, there are up days or down days. We, just, we discussed that already. But our job is to keep our eyes on the, on the, the cause of it all. And that is called amuna. Our amuna is, is this, this like recognition that God's running the show all the time. Now, there's a whole other subject. We're not going to go into it, but it's called betachon. Betachon, you know the word betachon? Security? It means security in Israel, in modern Hebrew. But in, in, in uh, the holy tongue, it means tr- trust. It's, it's the ability to trust God in, in your life. Like, like go, for, go for it. And like, know that God... Trust. Oh, bitachon. Bitachon means to trust. And what is bitachon? Bitachon is applied emuna. Meaning emuna is knowing there's a God, really. Knowing our history, understanding the facts. Bitachon is now living that way. Like, can you actually live that way? So, for example, this Jew back here, what's your name again? Roberto. Alberto wants to live. Beto. Mexico? Oh, Panama. Do they say Beto in Panama? More Mexico. Anyway, Alberto wants to live in Israel. Yeah? Why? Because of his Amuna. But what does it take to live in Israel? What does it take? Bitachon. And what is Bitachon? It's applied Amuna. I mean, the reason he desires to live here is his Amuna. And this is the land of Amuna. To, but to actually pull it off, that's going to take Bitachon. And probably the most Bitachon you need is dealing with your family. And friends and people... Which is really funny that the people who love you most are the ones most in the way of what you want. It's a very conflicted place to be. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Um, may we all be blessed to have the inner joy and, and the outer joy, whether it comes and goes, that we should embrace what's happening in our lives, be at peace. That will add to inner joy, too. Not to resist it. When you're in those low spaces, then uh, for sure uh, move your body around to make a difference for somebody else. And, and then in the, in the uh, but, but our inner, your amuna is to keep your thinking always, all year round, full time, inside of God. And then you'll have what's true joy, which is the inner joy, bismcha, no matter what the circumstances are. You're always bismcha because your, your eyes are cast upon the, the causer of all things, of all circumstances. Amen. Shalom, everyone. Please, uh, everyone, go online to uh, yomtovmediaclub.com and uh, 
and join the club, please. YomTovMediaClub.com. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.